Welcome to Infoblox Threat Talk, where you'll find the latest thinking on how to tap the full potential of the cloud while making your network more reliable, secure, and automated. Welcome to Threat Talk, a podcast series from Infoblox. My name is Peter Schof, and I've been covering IT security for going on 15 years. In this series, we're exploring the current cybercrime threatscape, and with the help of both experts and hackers, we're digging into what threats companies are facing today and exactly what companies need to do to combat these threats. Today, I'm very excited to speak once again with Krupa Shrivatsen, the Director of Product Marketing for Infoblox. Most of you listening right now are probably listening from your home because most of us right now are working from home. This is basically the new normal with COVID-19. And with so many employees working from home, this has put considerable stress on our corporate networks and their security stacks. And that's exactly what we're going to delve into today. With all the shelter in place and work from home directives being issued because of this pandemic, exactly what does a company need to do today to make sure their networks remain safe and secure? So thank you so much for joining me, Krupa. Thank you for having me, Peter. So with COVID-19 forcing so much of the workforce to work from home, what are some of the unique security challenges working from home presents companies today? Yeah. And as you mentioned, Peter, I think the biggest thing is this happened so fast. The precipitous nature of the pandemic has led many organizations to really scramble to support this now much larger work from home scenario, right? They've had very little time to prepare for such large scale remote work, let alone think about how they can secure these work from home users, right? So I think the biggest problem is how can they continue the business, continue keeping the employees productive at home without compromising on security, right? And there are a lot of challenges uh, when you think about the bulk of the workforce working outside the corporate perimeter, right? And, And these employees working from home are still accessing corporate resources they need to for their day-to-day job, right? So they need to access their Salesforce account. They need to access their Office 365, other corporate applications. They still need to work with and process data, which could, a lot of that data could be company confidential data and information, but they still need to work with that. And so what happens is uh, because they're now connecting from home, they're probably using whatever Wi-Fi they get at home. It could be not secured. They're using public DNS. They're using routers at home, which may not always be up to date on patches. And they may be using corporate provided devices. They may also be using their own devices, right? BYOD devices, things like that. So all of these things lead to a larger attack surface and also more security challenges. You're exactly right. This essentially happened in the blink of an eye. So COVID-19 taking so many of us by surprise. Is the current existing security stack of most companies enough to secure everyone working from home? So the current security stack that most companies have in their networks is meant to protect users who are within the corporate firewalls, right? So they are going into the office. It could be their headquarters or data centers, or they're in their branch locations, But most of those scenarios, the current security stack can protect. But when the users are outside the perimeter, unless they VPN back into the corporate network, that security stack is not going to protect them, right? So they now have to think about security that goes wherever the employee is going, right? So if he's at home, they need security that can follow him home, right? So what I mean by that is, they need to think about new ways of securing these remote users' internet connections. 
And the reason I say that, you know, while VPN is great and, you know, it's it's absolutely needed for certain scenarios and accessing certain platforms that are only available you know, within a VPN connection kind of use case, many of the corporate applications and resources are now in the cloud. So they don't even need VPN. Like I, we never use VPN to get my email or anything like that. So many corporate applications and resources are available without VPN. So most you'll see a lot of employees not necessarily using VPN. And then the other thing is, if there is a situation where the company predominantly mandates use of VPN, what happens is now it's getting overloaded with so many users suddenly trying to get into the corporate network using the VPN technology. So it's definitely going to be a big load on that technology as well. Definitely. And you mentioned basically the perimeter has changed completely. So what exactly does it mean for a company to think outside the perimeter? Yeah. So now companies need to think about how they can secure the internet connections of their employees who are working from home. Right. So how can they make sure that there is some level of security, a foundational security that prevents these users from going to, let's say, bad sites that may be hosting malware or they could be hosting ransomware, things like that. And um, we are seeing a lot of threats that are taking advantage of the scenario of the confusion that's surrounding this pandemic and the need for information. We see a lot of attacks that are taking advantage of coronavirus spread and things like that. So, and we'll talk about that, but the when I say think outside the perimeter, I mean, how can you provide quick cloud-based security for these work-from-home users so that they are not inadvertently going to malware-ridden sites or having their data stolen from their devices? Right. Now, you mentioned Wi-Fi. Like, so last week, and even today, my internet went down. I was forced to go onto the local uh, Wi-Fi and that's clearly something different than working in-house. So what problem does public Wi-Fi represent? Yeah, so I think public Wi-Fi networks present a higher probability of authentication and credentials being accidentally compromised, right? So within the corporate network, the Wi-Fi that's provided by organizations is obviously much more secure. It's much more monitored and things like that. But when you're using public Wi-Fi or your home Wi-Fi, you're not necessarily protected by the same level of security controls. And, and a lot of the times, you know, you share. You share Wi-Fi networks with your corporate devices as well as your BYOD devices and mobile devices, maybe Internet of Things, Right. Uh, much more so at home than you would do in a typical work environment. So what this means is it's a much broader attack surface and there's higher chance of uh, credentials and things like that being stolen. Definitely. Now, with all the companies scrambling to keep up with these challenges of everyone being dispersed, I've read this in your blog, some of these really interesting rising threats. So what are some of the threats you're seeing of basically hackers taking advantage of all this chaos going on? Yeah, absolutely, right? So everywhere we read about coronavirus-related malware campaigns, right? And we are seeing this ourselves. So Infoblox, the cyber threat research team, actually identified, actually in, in early March, a particular type of info stealer called LokiBot that joined this barrage of malware campaigns being distributed by criminals to take advantage of this, the interest and the fear around COVID-19. Users are trying to find out more information and these things are changing hourly, right? So people are trying to find out more information about COVID-19. So they try to go to different websites, click on different links. And then what happens is they may go to 
a website that's controlled by an attacker as part of a malware campaign. And they could uh, download things like LokiBot, which is the example of malware that we've seen. And uh, it, it's distributed and under the guise of providing information on the coronavirus impact to supply chains in particular. And it's uh, distributed through spam campaigns. You can imagine the volume of spear phishing and phishing attacks and email, spam email campaigns that are out there now, right? So just to get people to click on that link, right? <laughs> so yeah. um, and I know we're all trained not to click on phishing links and open up spam email. But in this day and age where there's so much confusion and so much thirst for knowledge, you know, we may slip up, right? And that's what these attackers want to take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, I, my fiance was just asking. She had one from her, thought, she thought was from her bank asking to to repeat her credentials. And she's like, is this real? It's like, throw it out. It's it's phishing. You know? Exactly, exactly. So um, I mentioned coronavirus-related malware campaigns. There are a couple of other threats also we see increasingly, especially in, in today's situation. And one of those things is lookalike domains. So lookalike domains or like, you know, domains that are set up, they, they are what the name implies, right? They're domains that are mm -hmm. set up to fool victims, right? Into thinking it's a legitimate site that they usually go to, right? It could be a retail website. It, it could be the bank's website, like you just mentioned. And they're trying to impersonate the real brand, right? And this could also be on the rise, given that people are now doing more things online than they usually do. And all they need to do is change one character, in the domain name and, you know, put a zero instead of an O in yahoo.com, right? Things like that, yeah. which are hard to really pay attention to, right? You just blindly click on it. So those type of attacks are on the rise as well. And uh, the third thing I would like to point out is data exfiltration, right? So mm -hmm. in, in a corporate setting within the perimeter, you know, companies may have different security tools that are looking for data breach attempts and data theft attempts. But when you're at home, predominantly, all, all those tools don't necessarily work. And then you're kind of left with one pathway that could be leveraged for data exfiltration, and that's DNS. And that is wide open. And obviously, to connect to anything on the internet, you need DNS. But then, you know, you're nobody's even checking for data that's going through DNS protocol. So that could be on the rise as well, because that's one thing everybody's still using to connect. Yeah. So let's get to the bottom line. What is the best, most cost-effective way for a company to basically get on top of all of these threats going on? Right. So the best, most cost-effective way or the fastest way to protect a lot of these work-from-home users is to use a DNS-based security solution, right? And the reason I say that is, like I mentioned earlier, to connect to the internet, to connect your applications, to get your email, uh, you're using DNS, whether you know it or not, right? So you're either using... Right your service provider's DNS at home or using some sort of public provider's DNS, right, to make those connections to the internet. So when you use a DNS solution that also can secure those internet connections, you're actually protecting the work-from-home users from a lot of threats, a lot of these malware campaigns that we see today. So that could include phishing attacks, ransomware, exploit kits. There's so many categories of malware that you can just detect using DNS as a control point. And uh, what I mean by that is, let's say your laptop is trying to go to a website that is hosting some sort of malware, that is known as a, a website that hosts some sort of malware. When you use a DNS provider that can block those requests to known malicious destinations, you are proactively preventing that device from getting in infected. 
that device is not even going to connect to that destination because the DNS server is going to tell you, I know that's bad. I'm not going to give you the IP address of that website for you to connect, right? So uh, that is basic. That is one-on-one on DNS security that you need to look for in a solution. Prevent these teleworkers from accessing malicious web destinations. Now, let's say their device is already infected for whatever reason, then you can also block their CNC requests or command and control requests to CNC servers, which can, again, download additional malicious software and things like that. The second thing you should look for is the DNS security offering that can detect data exfiltration, right? And data exfiltration is a little bit more tricky. Uh, You can rely on threat intel to a certain extent, threat intelligence, but also you need Mm -hmm. an uh, analytics-based capability to detect zero-day data exfiltration. So when I say zero-day data exfiltration, I mean going to destinations that may not necessarily be flagged as malicious yet. Because it's hard to keep up, right, with the attackers. So while the threat intel providers are doing a great job trying to stay as close to the attackers as possible, sometimes, you know, they spin up new infrastructures so fast that the threat intelligence may not still have it yet in its list. So then you want to make sure that you're looking for certain patterns of the DNS queries to detect whether it's the data exfiltration that's going to that bad destination, right? So you want to look for a solution that provides that. And then also you want to look for something that can protect and detect lookalike domain type of attacks as well. And that's uh, Infoblox Blocks on Threat Defense actually provides those capabilities from the cloud. Fantastic. Now, so what are some of the other important technical considerations for securing all of these remote workers? Yeah, so good point. So when you look at the remote workforce, right, when you have people working in the office, they're conditioned not to go to, let's say, social media sites or sites that host violence or gaming sites or pornography, things like that, right? Because we know we're in an office setting. It's unprofessional to go and, you know, visit those sites. But when they're at home, some of those guards may, you know, fall on the wayside, right? People get more relaxed. They may, you know, at certain points during the day, go to these websites. So if a company wants to restrict their teleworkers from accessing these type of objectionable content that are restricted by policy or from their devices, even if they're at home, they can do that using content filtering at the DNS level. So that's another thing to consider is, okay, how can you restrict your work from home employees from going to those sites that you don't want them to go to from your corporate devices, right? So you can do that with, with Blocks One Threat Defense as well. And given that this is completely remote use case where you have employees working from home, a cloud-based solution works best in this situation, right? So Blocks One Threat Defense is completely a SaaS solution that can be accessed using an endpoint agent on these devices. And the users don't have to go anywhere to get their endpoint agent installed. The IT and security admin can just you know, deploy it from the cloud so they don't need to physically go anywhere to get the agent on their devices. And once it's deployed, they're now protected against all of those things that we talked about. I would imagine a SaaS solution deployed from the cloud is pretty much the only thing that's going to work right now because you don't really want folks going into other people's homes these days and possibly spreading coronavirus, right? Exactly, exactly. So you want something that's easy to get from the cloud service and that you can start giving you protection immediately. And then 
The other important thing to note is when this thing, the whole thing subsides and let's say the pandemic subsides and people are now you know, allowed to go back into work, you want a solution that can continue that protection, right? And you don't want to do a, a more configurations or change anything, any management, things like that. So block sunset defense is actually a hybrid approach, a hybrid solution. So that can protect the work from users now and your on-premises users as well later when they get back into the office. So there is nothing additional that the admins need to do, So which is a cool thing. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Now, why would you say Infoblox is ideally equipped to provide this protection that's absolutely critical in, in this day and age right now? Sure, yeah, yeah. So the, even before all this happened, right, COVID-19 and everything, for three to four years, maybe even longer than that, we've provided DNS-based security for our customers, right? So, you know, we can protect them from a lot of malware, different types of malware, like I mentioned, and data exfiltration, content filtering, things like that, simply because... Our core competency, our leadership is in the DNS space. We know what a good DNS request looks like and what a malicious DNS request looks like. We know when attackers are setting up new infrastructure out on the internet, new domains out on the internet to launch attacks, we get that information because our threat intel, number one, is focused a lot on DNS-based attacks, right? Things like that. Mm -hmm. We know exactly which device the bad request is coming from, who it's assigned to, which part of the network it's in. Now, let's consider uh, for a moment, not the work-from-home use case, but the broader on-prem and remote use case. We can tell you exactly which part of the network that the malicious activity is originating from because we have so much data in the platform, the DNS and the related technologies like DHCP and IP address management. We can provide a lot more context about the infection so that uh, the security teams can mitigate triage faster and, and remediate faster. So things like who it's assigned to, where it is in the network, what resources that device has been accessing in the past, right? What type of device it is. Is it a PC? Is it a Mac? Is it a production system? So we can get a lot more identifying information and provide that information to the security teams for faster response. So to summarize our leadership in the DNS space, our leadership in DNS-based threat intel and the capability, the analytics capability that we have and the visibility that we can provide makes uh, blocks from threat defense an ideal solution for today and tomorrow. Fantastic, and I agree. Now, everybody's minds are swimming. There's a lot of anxiety. Uh, let's just make it simple. What is the key takeaway you want listeners to come away about how companies are supposed to secure this large-scale, sudden remote workforce? Yeah, I think I would say that the key takeaway I would highly recommend is that IT organizations, all organizations, have had very little time to prepare for this large-scale remote workforce, let alone think about securing them. So one of the easiest and fastest ways to secure the work-from-home users is to leverage DNS as the first point of defense, the first line of defense, and uh, a solution from the cloud that can detect those malware communications and block it can be that first line of defense for your work from home employees. And then when this whole thing subsides and you your employees do come back to work, the hybrid solution offers a consistent protection and continuous protection when these users come back into the office. So use DNS for protection. And then use a hybrid solution so that you're covered for whatever use case, not just work from home. Right. And not just of the moment either. And I think I can speak for everyone when I say I can't wait for this to subside. 
Excellent info, Krupa. This is Peter Schof of Threat Talk speaking with Krupa Shrivitsen of Infoblocks. Krupa writes a blog on the Infoblocks website. So if everybody wants up-to-date information, I suggest that you check that out. And I'd like to thank listeners for joining me in this anxious time on another Threat Talk podcast. And I hope everyone stays safe and well. Thanks so much, Krupa. Thank you. You've been listening to Infoblocks Threat Talk. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about maintaining a secure, always-on network that enables digital transformation, visit www.infoblocks.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.